Philippians chapter 3. You'll have to pardon my voice. I'm still in recovery. And if I sound a little strange, believe me, you don't know that any more than I do. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Turn your attention to verse 13 down through verse number 15. Typically, when we read these verses, we don't read that 15th verse, but I want to read it to you because it, it has such a powerful message, uh, what Paul was trying to get through to these believers. Paul said in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect or as many as be mature, uh, those of us that are growing, not grown up but growing, those of us that are growing be thus minded and if anything in, in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. I like one translator the way he or, or the way they translated this portion of scripture. They said, "Let us therefore keep paying attention to this." What he has just said to them. Let us keep paying attention to this. One translation said, "This is the way that you ought to think. This is the way you ought to think. Be in agreement on these things. What things? The things that he had just mentioned in verse 13 and 14. This is the attitude. This is the mind that you should have. And so tonight, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the mind that matters. And everybody said amen. The mind that matters. And you may be seated. Unknown to me, one of the side effects of my surgery was going to be my loss of my sense of taste and smell. I was not prepared for that. I had not been warned of that. And I am certainly praying that it returns. Because this preacher, whether you think he's skinny or fat, he likes to eat. And I like to taste what I eat. But I have lost my sense of smell and I have lost my sense of taste. I know it's cold or hot, but I can't really tell you. You were to blindfold me, I couldn't tell you what the substance is. And that's a dreadful place to be, to not be able to have a sense of taste and to lose that ability 
My Lord, I love food. I, I like the taste of food. I don't eat just for the nourishment. I eat for the taste. Amen. And uh, I have had to go ahead and eat the first few days. I didn't even want to eat. I think I lost five pounds in three days just because it, nothing tasted good. It didn't, it didn't taste. I could eat a piece of cardboard or a filet mignon and wouldn't have known the difference. Uh, my wife made me some soup uh, one, one day, and I know it was good because they enjoyed it, and I ate some of it, but I don't know what it tasted like. I know it was potato soup, looked good. A few days later, I was hungry, and they were all gone, so I called her, and I said, do you think it'd be all right for me to eat this potato soup after these number of days? She said, well, you can smell of it. I said, go ahead and rub it in. <laughs> she started to say that. She didn't really say that, but she started to say that. Can't smell, so... You don't know whether it's good or not. You don't know whether it's healthy or not. It's a tragedy when you lose your sense of taste. And there is nothing in life that is more frightening to me than to lose not just my natural ability to taste, but my spiritual ability to taste to know what's good and what's not good. And I, I don't have an axe to grind tonight, but I do have a goal to reach. And my heart has been stirred by this familiar passage of Scripture. And so I want to rehearse it before you for a few moments tonight. There is nothing that frightens me more than stagnation. I, I would... Uh, rather take a beating than uh, allow stagnation to set in in my life. I don't. I don't like being bored. I don't. Uh, I don't like uh, being in a place in life where I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. That I'm just uh, going in circles. I. I have found this much out about life that movement does not equate to progress. That you can have a lot of movement in your life, but not really be going anywhere. The scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 2 talks about the command of God that came to his people. And he said, now therefore turn and leave this mountain. And if you study scripture, you will find that probably for somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 years, they had been going around that same mountain, traveling that same territory. As far as movement was concerned, if movement equated to progress, they should have made progress. But you know as well as I do that they had not made progress. They were stuck in this pattern, in this rut of life, And there's nothing that frightens me more than getting stuck in a rut. There's nothing that troubles me more than losing my taste for life. And by that, I don't mean just to enjoy life, but the things that really matter in life. So that you 
you, you, you don't have the ability to enjoy or even uh, experience the fullness of life that God intended for you and I to enjoy. My question tonight to you perhaps uh, is one first that I ask myself, but I'm going to ask you now is have you lost your taste for more? Have, have you lost your desire for better things? Or have you lost your taste for advancement? Or are you satisfied with the status quo? Are you content just going around the same things over and over again? Or is, is there room in your life for more? Is there Room in your life for greater things? Is there room in your life to understand that your best days are before you, not behind you? There is something in the words of the Apostle Paul that arrest my attention and they plead for my, my, my attention. They, they appeal to my purpose in life and they challenge my thinking. They define for me the words or the attitude of an overcomer. He is not leaving something. He is forgetting something. That's critically important to a person who is trying to get somewhere in life. It's not just about leaving some place and going to another place, but it's actually about forgetting and moving to a better place. You see, the runner that Paul seems to be alluding to here does not focus on what he gave up to get where he was. He does not focus on what he gave up to get here, but he is focusing on what he is about to gain by getting here what he is about to possess, what he is about to take into his own life. They describe to me the mind of a winner. He is not merely looking, he is reaching for things. There's a difference. There's a, there are a lot of lookers in life. There are a lot of people that go around kicking tires. And you know what I mean. They go by every 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 car lot in town, and they window shop. But they're never going to write their name on that contract that says this is yours because it costs maybe more than they can afford. Maybe they're just, just, they just enjoy the, the thrill of window shopping. I never got much out of that. We used to have to do that because we didn't have enough money to buy anything. But when I got to the place where I could afford, I want to go in and buy it. I want to possess it. I want it to be mine. But there's a lot of people that go through life looking, looking at what could be or looking at what should be or looking and seeing that a better life is possible, but that's all they do. Paul said, You've got to get beyond just looking and you've got to start reaching for that. There's got to be a passion and a desire, something inside of you that says, I'm tired of being satisfied. 
I'm tired of being stuck in this rut going around dealing with the same issues over and over in my life. Fighting the same old battles. Facing the same old devils and the same old demons. If I'm going to fight a battle, I want to fight a new foe. I want to have to deal with something I've never had to deal with before. I'm tired of fighting the same issues over and over in my life. And if I am doing that, then that means I'm not really making progress. I'm just... I just got a lot of movement in my life. And so he, he talks about an attitude and the mind of someone who is not just looking but reaching. He is not merely running, but he is pressing. That's the kind of person that I want to be. In the words of Paul, there is the convictions that I need to embrace and It's the language of men who subdue kingdoms and who win victories. And in it is the secret of triumph. They are the words of focus. The word focus. I I think that word sometimes is used so often that we really lose the meaning of that word. But let me remind you of what focus means. That means that That is the emphasis of your life. That's where your efforts are going to be placed. That's where your energy is going to be spent. That's where your time is going to be invested. That's where your money is going to be put. This is the emphasis of my life. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. This has my attention. This has not only my attention, but it has all of my efforts. And Paul said, my efforts, my attention, my emphasis is on what is before me, not what is behind me. Amen. I want to be a forward-thinking person. I I don't want to just be a possibility thinker. I want to be a forward-thinker. I love the words of David Livingston, a missionary to Africa of years gone by. He wrote home to his uh, native land of the progress of what was going on and what he was doing. And he spoke of a new ministry that he had established in a certain area. But he ended his letter home by saying, I am at your service and I will do whatever you want me to do as long as it is forward. Amen. As long as I am still moving in the right direction. That's the kind of thinking that I need to have in my life. And I need to have uh, that kind of attitude. The words of Paul are they're words of faith. When I read this, I was reminded that they, in truth, define for me the spiritual capacities of my nature. That I don't have to be stuck. I don't have to be in this rut. I don't have to get locked into some prison of yesterday. The mistakes or the failures or the shortcomings or the bad decisions or the poor choices... That I, I, I can refuse to be trapped by what was. 
and I can build toward what is and what can be. I want to tell somebody here tonight, your life is not going to be decided on what was, but it's going to be decided on what is. And Paul said, my focus is forward. I want to keep reaching ahead. There's nothing back there that appeals to me. As great as my accomplishments were or as embarrassing as my failures may have been, my life is not back there. My life is before me. And that's where I want my life to be pointed is in the right direction. And so he defines words of faith. There's a spiritual capacity in me. I don't have to stay discontented. I don't have to be unhappy. I don't have to be addicted to drugs. I don't have to be addicted to meanness. I don't have to be addicted to hardness. I don't have to be addicted to unfaithfulness. I can break free from the chains of whatever has held me in the past. And I can move ahead to the future that has promise and possibilities for a better outcome. Amen. I can understand by Paul's words that there's more beyond. There are goals to be reached and there is an expectation that can become part of a person's life. These words, when you read them, confront the comfortable and they stir the stagnant. These are words of progress and growth and advancement, and improvement, and development. They are of a man going somewhere. They are of a person that's trying to win something. And they are of those who are gaining the prize. And they reveal something. When I read this, I I got to thinking about it, and the Lord began to talk to me. He said, these words reveal the subtle secret That progress in life is not decided by the powerful, but by the purposeful. There's a lot of people that are of the opinion that the reason some people succeed and others fail is because the successful are just gifted and the failures are not. Well, if progress in life were left to the giftings of life, then many of us would be left out. We do not have all the same gifts, and we certainly don't, even if we have the same gifts, we don't all have the same abilities. I'm a pretty good golfer until I stand beside a Tiger Woods. Then I look like I don't even know how to play putt-putt. You may be a great cook until you stood beside Emeril, or whatever his name is. Lagasse, is that right? The point of comparison is that our gifts are not equal. And so if progress in life were based upon my gifts, some of us would get away up there and some of us would just never get there. But progress in life is not determined by how much power I have. It's not determined by how gifted I am. It's determined by how purposeful I am in my heart. I may be limited in my abilities, but my desire can overcome my limitations. And Paul said, it doesn't matter where you started or what you started with. There's something ahead for every one of you. And if you reach for it, you can have it. Amen. 
Progress, listen to me, progress is not based on your talent, but on your tenacity. Amen. Do you know how many times people in life have succeeded when others said they would never succeed? I, I remember who it was. It was an author that I... That, that's one of the most famous and popular authors of our age. That the first 20-something times that he turned in a transcript, they turned it down. And one of them even wrote on the bottom of his transcript, You will never be a writer. You need to find another vocation. You know what they said of Thomas Edison? The teachers told his parents he was a dunce. He will never be able to progress beyond this second grade level or whatever grade level it was. I'm, th- I'm thankful that talent was not the basis for progress because we'd still be lighting candles. <laughs> we'd still be hitching up the mules. We'd have come to church in wagons tonight. But somebody said, you know what? My talent may be limited, but my tenacity isn't. My, my, my desire cannot be... You can't limit a person's desire. I've seen people achieve great things in life out of sheer desire. They didn't have the talent, but what they didn't have in talent, they made up for it in desire, and they made a life better and they made great accomplishments in their life because they didn't let somebody put them down and relegate them to, well, you know what, that's just what you are. You're never going to be better than that. I despise what people label people as. You're, you're, a, you're an addict or you're a this or you're a that. You know what? That may be what you call me, but that's not what God said I can be. God said if I want to, if I want to, I can become a child of God. I can become a son of God. To them that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. People might have told you you didn't belong here, but God said you can be and you can belong. Progress is not controlled by my gifts. It's controlled by my guts. I want to ask you something tonight. How many of you have have allowed people to put you down and denigrate you and, and, and say things about you and you've let that work on your person and your personality and your mind and in your you, you've got this dwarfed mentality, you, this stymied and pygmy thinking that, uh, well, you, you know, they, 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 they say that's where, and they're, they're, they're wise people. They're, they're smart people that are saying that. Don't tell me it can't be done. There's been too many people that have proven that if you want too hard enough, you can get it done. And that's really what Paul was trying to get through to us. That the, the things that are behind us, however good or bad they are, should not really be the focus of your life. Your talent is not the key. Your gifts are not the key. It's in that desire. It's in what you long for. And so Paul employed a very simple principle. One that I think would do us well to remember. 
He said, one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before me. I press toward the the mark for the prize of the high calling. The word forget in the Greek means to lose out of mind. To lose out of mind. It means uncared for. Not giving attention to. If you're going to break free into a better life, if you're going to break free into a new life, you're going to have to forget some things. You're going to have to let go of them. You're going to have to not care for them. You're going to have to quit giving them the attention that they crave and desire in your life. Forget. Everybody say forget. Lose out of mind. Amen. Somebody say, lose out of mind. Loose it out of your mind. Let go of it. And then he said, I press. That means to pursue or to seek after eagerly. And so in a very simple way, Paul establishes three criteria for a man who is going to leave behind and move ahead. And it's very simple. I'm going to give them to you and I'm going to let you go. Number one, he talks about the desire that molds and motivates a person. Paul said, one thing have I desired. Everybody say one thing. The problem with so many people in their life and their failures is that they have too many competing interests going on. And there's not a one thing that they're reaching for. You can't be all things to all people. And you can't reach for everything and have what you really desire. If you want something, that desire in itself is going to mold and it's going to motivate you to do the things that you do. Everybody say one thing. Simplifying life is a real good place to start. What really matters anyway? I want to ask you a question. Five years from now, the stuff that you are so stressed out over right now, I want to ask you in five years, is it really going to matter? And yet the truth is, the things that we are stressed out about right now are the things that are consuming the energy And the spirit that we could be giving to what does matter. Now I'm not saying be careless in life. I'm just saying you need to find out what really matters and start pursuing that. And what really matters first of all is your relationship with God and how you stand before God. And if you'll start pursuing that and let God be first. He said all these things will be added. I'll make sure they get in line in your life. Somebody said, well, i got to fix this before I can come to God. You know what? You can't fix enough to come to God. Somebody said, i got to get good to get God. No, you got to get God to get good. Well, I'd be more involved, but I've got this problem. Bring that problem to Him. 
Let him become your focus and he'll help you take care of that problem. But if you keep your life focused on that problem, you're doing the exact opposite of what Paul talked about. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things that are before me. The second principle that Paul established is that not only do your desires mold and motivate you, but the decisions that you make move you. They move you in one direction or another. And this is what I want you to put down in your mind. You have to decide what you want to hold on to and what you want to let go of in life. And you cannot hold on to this and get that. You, you can't hold on to whatever that is, what your success or your failure. And the truth is, most of us are not holding on to success. We hold on to our failures. I should have done better. I should have been a better man. I should have been a better woman. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And so we hold on. And Paul said, you cannot hold on to this and gain that. And so you've got to make some decisions in life. You have to decide what you're going to hold on to and what you're going to let go of. And Paul said, let me give you some help. Let go of what's behind you and hold on to what's before you. Amen. Hold on to what is ahead because what is before you is better than what's behind you. God wants you to go. He wants you to go ahead. You have to make decisions that will facilitate that kind of movement. Amen. You can't dream it. You can't hope it. You can't wish it. You have to decide it. I said this a long time ago. My mind sees a lot skinnier version of me than my body is projecting right now. The problem is, it's just in my mind. If I get this body up out of bed a little earlier in the morning and put him on a treadmill, it might change that. I can talk about all the things that could be better in my family or could be better in my marriage. But until I get off my duff and get up and start doing something about it, it's not going to be anything but a lot of hot air. Amen. You have to make decisions that facilitate movement. And you do every day in one way or the other. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. Nobody stays where they are. You're either growing or you're dying. Physiologically, it is a proven fact that you are either growing or you're dying. I don't know about you, but death doesn't appeal to me right now. I want to grow. And I have to make the right decisions for that to happen. I can't keep hanging around losers and expect to be a winner. I can't hang around turkeys and expect to be an eagle.
I can't hang out with gossips and expect to have a pure, a pure mind and not a polluted heart. I, I can't hang out with people that have nothing good to say about anybody or anything and feel good about those that are I'm, I'm around. I, I've got to make a decision. One way or the other, I've got to make choices in my life that's going to move me toward what I really hunger for. And I'm going to tell you what, losing my sense of taste as it started to gradually come back, and it's not all the way back, I'm beginning to really enjoy, and I'm beginning to look forward to what it's going to be like when it's full-blown. Bluebell, you better watch out. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you better hide somewhere other than the refrigerator. Praise God. Y'all can edit that out of the tape later. I appreciate that. Everybody say, my decisions. My decisions, my decisions move me toward that goal. And then the third thing is that my direction points me one way or another. Toward or away from. Paul said, I I want the mark. I want the prize. I want the goal. I, I want... I want to succeed. I want to win. And I want this kind of mind. I want this kind of thinking to motivate. I want it to be the governing factor of my life. I don't want to sit around. I I hate whiners and complainers. And I sometimes am one of the biggest. But you know what I despise worse than that? I despise armchair quarterbacks. They can tell you how it ought to be done and what ought to be done. But they ain't ever going to get up and go do it. Amen. I want somebody that's been out there, been in the trenches, that's had to fight through the flesh and the temptations and the trials and the pressures and all of the things that life does to put you down and people that do them to put you down. I want somebody that's been there that's pushed that all away and said, that's what I want. I want what's ahead of me. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better lady. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better worker. I want to be closer to God. I want to know more about God. I don't want somebody just telling me what could be. I want to reach out and get hold of it. And I want to grow and become everything God says I can become. And I want to keep my life pointed in the right direction. Amen. Do you know as sincere as I might be, sincerity will not get you where you need to go. Amen. All roads don't lead to Rome, folks. As sincere as I am about wanting to go to Beaumont, I'll never get there going north on 45. As sincere as I am, I'll never get there by going I-10 West. If I want to get to Beaumont, Beaumont, I've got to head toward Beaumont. 
That means I've got to find the road that leads that way and get myself on it. I mean, this isn't rocket science, folks. I mean, you don't have to be a chemist to figure this out. What I've also learned is that if I really do want to go to Beaumont and I get on I-10 headed to that direction, east, that the closer I get to Beaumont, the farther I get away from Houston. I can't have both of them. I've got to let one go to gain the other. Now the question is, what do you want? You want to keep going round in circles? You want to keep fighting the same battle over and over and over again? Dealing with these same emotions? Or do you want to really go somewhere, make your life count? Then you've got to make, you've got to make sure that your desire is for the right thing. And you've got to make sure that your decisions are going to help facilitate that. And you've got to make sure that you point yourself in that direction. Amen. I can stand in a barn all day long and that doesn't make me a horse or a cow. And I can say all day long, oh, I want to be, but until I get up and do something with my want to, I've got, to, I've got to make sure my desire is for the right thing. What, what am I hungry for? My, what am I thirsty for? What, what do I have a taste for? If I've lost my taste for things, God, would you help restore that? Help me to be able to discern the difference between good and evil. Help me to learn the difference between what's what's beneficial and what's... I couldn't tell you the difference. I couldn't tell you if it was rotten or, or, or fresh. That's what happens when you lose your sense of taste. You could be eating something that's actually harmful, that's going to make you sick, and you couldn't even know the difference. God, restore my taste for what's good. Restore my ability to sense and know that's good, that's not. I want that, I don't want that. And then help me, God, to begin to make decisions. Sometimes they're tough decisions because when you let go of something, you move away from it. There are times that people feel like you're abandoning them. But I'm here to tell you, I learned a long time ago, I cannot hang out with some people and live successfully for God. Not only that, I can't hang out with some people and just live good life. I've got to get away from it. I've got to move from them. So I've got to make decisions. And then I've got to point myself down the highway that will lead me where I want to go. Let's stand together. That's the mind that really matters. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I believe God sent somebody here tonight. I, I believe God sent me to help somebody here tonight. It's not hard in the sense that you have to have certain gifts or abilities to live right. 
or you have to be born. You know, if I was, if I'd been born in your family, or if I'd come from your kind of background, I wouldn't be fighting the issues that I'm fighting. That's not true. Amen. What do you want? I want, I want a better life. Amen. I want a victorious life. I, I want the prize. Praise God. I want to win. I want, I want the goal. I, I want to cross that line and hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant.